You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Uncivil Outlaw. Chapter 21. Great Explanations. Abigail sank onto the long chair, breath ragged as Krieger and Greta looked down with worried expressions. All right, we're here. Now just tell us where the hell you're from. I know you're not from this place. I just want to know the truth. Both of us do. The truth, Krieger murmured, is dangerous and world-changing. Once we tell you, you cannot unknow it. We want to be able to make decisions based on the facts. Not just second-guessing everything. Tell us. Over to the far right of the room, the fire still blazed merrily in the grate. Through the wide windows, the fog rolled across the bay. Greta glanced at Krieger, or rather, she touched her hand to his as her head turned in the professor's direction. All right. You must not be treated like dutiful children anymore. We shall tell you. You're from the future. That much I've guessed. One possible future. Krieger admitted nervously. Simply hearing my long-held suspicions confirmed was like an electrical shock running through me. Abigail looked up eagerly. What's it like there? Please do not ask for too much information on that time, implored the professor. It is the sum of a confluence of world events over many years hence that we wish to circumvent. We did. We wanted to. Sometimes it feels like a dream. It was so long ago now. All you need to know is that the human race backed themselves into a corner. And at the time, Greta and I left them behind. They, we, had left ourselves scant few years to live on this planet. Do you see what is at stake here, my bright young stars? Our very existence... It's always our very existence. I've been hearing that for years now. That is fair. We do seem to have a knack as a people for putting ourselves in collective imperilment. But please understand, here in this 1883, we face possible extinction at the time when our lands are still relatively untouched. But it was a glacial nightmare that Greta and I lived through. Within the decades of our time growing up there, things went from warnings, to danger, to catastrophe. And it occurred so slowly, it seems, that our failure to act became too little, too late. Our water is poison, the air a noxious cloud. Our governments corrupted by unending self-interest. Every scrap of resources jealously guarded by the haves, while they have not starve and fight in the dirt. So you came back to before all this went to hell. But how did the people of your time overcome the Wendigo? There was a long silence. Then Greta spoke. They never faced it. She said uneasily. That was something we... Krieger stopped her, and the two exchanged very quiet, urgent words until he walked away, throwing his arms in the air. Greta turned back to us and spoke. 
It was our presence here, and our wife Charlotte, that brought the creatures to this world. We know. We worked it out. Can you forgive us? It's not up to us to forgive you. What would it mean? You know we can't speak for everyone. I might forgive you. If you tell us how the hell you got here from whenever the hell you were. <sighs> Viva explores. The three of us. Greta smiled. Secretively. Very much in love. Very intent on changing the awful course of history. And very naive. But you succeeded. This world has changed. It's possible the dark future you're describing will never come to pass. Yeah, because we'll all be dead already. When we found the Starlet Orb after years of digging and searching, Charlotte touched it and her first action was one of shock and yet alarming focus. She tore a hole in our world that led to one virtually identical. The chamber we stood in was bisected by a passageway into another just like it. With that world's starlit orb. Precisely. And with this stroke of fortune, Greta took the same power for herself. We could not simply leave it there. Well, you could have left it there, you just didn't. Like I said, we were intent on changing the world, and having twice the power and twice the ability seemed a logical advantage. I'm sure you at least can understand that, Doctor. I paused uncomfortably, then nodded, something Abigail took note of and scowled. But James can open doors to other worlds, not other times. Then a significant penny dropped. Other worlds can be other times, can't they? Krieger and Greta nodded slowly. Every world, every timeline, every Earth runs past the others. There's no order stating that they must run perfectly parallel. Some are at angles, so depending on when you cross the boundary between the two, your destination could be a different time from your origin point. When we found this world, it was 1865 and... He sighed, his eyeline in the far distance. That was the perfect point to change history. The Lincoln assassination? Very good. Preventing that might have set in motion a chain of events that rippled throughout time. And it was only our first point of deviation. We had many more planned out over the coming decades. But ultimately, we failed. We could not reach Mr. John Wilkes Booth in time. And we could not go back. Wait a minute. If there are many worlds, even infinite ones, then you aren't changing your timeline. You're only changing this one. Well, creating a new one by trying to keep Lincoln alive. Correct. So if that's the case, what's the point of this? What's the point of any of it? If there's worlds where Lincoln remained president, or the Wendigo never happened, or Thomas and Sarah weren't killed, or Annie lived, or Harry's walking around on two legs? If there's infinite possibilities like you told us back on Briar Hill, who cares if in some timelines the human race wipes itself out because in others it won't, or doesn't, or didn't, Oh, my brain's falling apart right now. Captain Gray, you have hit upon the biggest question of them all. Why bother with any of this if, in a countless number of worlds, it is not happening? The answer is very simple. 
because in each individual timeline, what happens means the world to the people who live there. Quite literally. As Greta calmly said this, Krieger turned from the place by the windows that he had stalked to and approached her once more. I'm sorry. You are right again, as always. She took his hand and squeezed it. Then we pitched up here in 1865 and tried and failed to prevent Lincoln's murder. We made a solemn pledge to not abandon this timeline. To not attempt a um, do-over, as it were. In effect, we took responsibility for every one of the people walking this particular version of planet Earth. We decided to use what we had to help all of you, our 1.3 billion adopted children. This land became our new home. And the fact that the air was so clean, and we had always wanted to live in an era before all the troubles of the modern world, figuratively speaking, our new choice would work out best for everyone. Abigail raised herself unsteadily to her feet, cocked her head, coughed politely and took a step towards them, smouldering fire in her eyes. You're being here? She said quietly, gathering power. Charlotte being here, unstable, with her abilities, created the Wendigo and brought them here to this world. So what did you do to help this timeline? Aside from living in a retirement mansion, painting pictures, playing the violin, and writing endless fucking journals. Krieger stepped bravely in front of Greta and pointed a finger shaking with fear at Abigail's starlit eye. He then extended the other hand and pointed at mine. We found worthy successors. And left us without instructions. How could you be so irresponsible? I left you my journals. It was all written in there. However, be supposed to guess you would burn our home to ashes. Thank you for that, by the way. You ran out on us and left us to be eaten by Wendigos. Why not just bring us and the orb with you and explain in a place of safety? Because you scare us half to death. Greta cried suddenly with a sharpness that quite took the two of us aback. Because we failed. And because we spent years planning, but were never certain whether we would make things worse for everyone if we meddled with time. Because once the Vendigo was here, we could not undo it. We could not leave you people. And we were not strong enough to change the world. But you were. You are. She was in tears now, pulling her silk scarf blindfold aside to reveal her starlit eyes and to wipe them as they overflowed. This was not a plea for pity. This was desperation. Thomas and Sarah Arlington were the arbiters of great change that Greta and I never could be. Their national intelligence agency, the cartographers, the white scars were and remain a bastion of progress. And that these organizations were begun by a man and a woman of color so very long before that could even be permitted in our timeline. It was the miracle we had been searching for. Well, I assume you were listening from your hiding spot back there, hissed Abigail, pointing to the fireplace. So you know how that turned out. 
Krieger's shoulders sagged. We thought the time of our responsibility was over. We chose you two to hold the power of this starlit orb. If you were strong and clever and cunning enough to survive that night... For the record, interrupted Greta, I was all for just leaving the orb in plain sight with a note. I trusted you already. I still do. She said this in earnest. We believe in the pair of you. We want to help and protect you. That is why we sent the shield orb. Well, only I got the shield. He wouldn't join me. That is a shame. The human body is very delicate. A tentative container for such wonders. You two could be living in a San Francisco apartment, hidden from outside eyes, camouflaged in mundanity. Did you want us to find you? I can't think of a better reason to live in an otherworldly citadel that has no place sitting beside a populated area. And if that's the case, did you really want to tell us all of this? I think there may be something in that, Doctor. Abigail had crossed to the windows and was looking down. She froze and cried out. Wyatt's coming back up. He's scaling the tower. Krieger rushed over to look and turned a pale shade of green, confirming what she was saying. I thought fast. He'll target Greta. We have moments to plan a negotiation. Explain what you said to us. Wyatt believes the polar opposite to you. He wants to close all the doors. That's why I'm running from him. Face him. Tell him what you said to us back at the House of Versteckt about opening many doors. That's what you've been doing, right? There was a frantic hope upon Abigail's face. I'm very sorry, young lady. But we were wrong. That hope drained away. Greta, Charlotte and I meddled with the cosmos. And as the two of us who still live have traveled across this America, we have seen the ramifications of our actions. We have wounded this version of the Earth, perhaps beyond recovery. We tore holes in this world, ostensibly to help everyone. But we have hurt, and we have killed, and the blood of our adopted children is on our hands. Whatever plants are hatched by the young and sprite, and those determined to survive and succeed as this fight, it is abundantly clear that the two of us should not be any further part of it. What are you saying? We are saying we give you our blessings, but we wish to spend our last days in peace and ask that you respect that. We must go now before we can do any more damage. At this, Greta made a complicated hand movement at the fireplace and the flames drew forth, wrapping themselves into a glowing orange oval which swiftly metamorphosed into the familiar shape of a wind door. But this one was different. This one was mobile. It glided through the air gracefully to where Krieger and Greta stood. Abigail intercepted and blocked their path, putting a hand out in front of her. Wait! She commanded. You have to stay. He has to hear this from you. Veit will kill Greta and steal her abilities, and you know this. Krieger yelled with sudden fury. Step away from the door, Captain Grey. I promise I will do my level best to protect the both of you from him, but I can't let you go. The whole world depends on what happens next. Krieger had nearly reached her outstretched hand. There was a flurry of movement as Greta gestured to the wind door. I strained at my bonds and watched in absolute horror as it grew in size and shot forwards, 
enveloping Abigail, who was swallowed in its shimmering folds. I heard her cry out in shock as a gust of ethereal air blew the Stetson from her head and sent it tumbling to the now empty floor. Abigail was gone. Krieger turned to me, his face riven with sorrow and frustration. He pulled his pistol from his holster and I tensed up inside. They were correcting their mistake. At the window, White's gloved hand wrapped around the stonework, hauling him up and into the chamber. As he landed, Krieger fired off a shot towards him, and Greta snatched the explosive force from the air, creating a second wind door. Wait! Teach me! The pair stepped through, and the aperture closed behind them as White limped across the room. He reached me and stood blinking at the cold vacuum where there had previously been three vital living people. That twisted armoured shape bore down and reached out. I felt my cuffs unlatch and my hands fall to my sides. Realising I still lived, I pulled myself upright, shaking with disbelief. They were all gone, and we were alone in a fireless room with nothing but a hat. been listening to episode 21 of Uncivil Outlaw, Great Explanations, written, edited and directed by Alexander Shaw. Johan Krieger, performed by Matt Wardle. Greta, performed by Maureen Foley. Dr. James Penrose, performed by Alex Shaw. And Captain Abigail Gray was performed by Sharon Shaw. Constance, on the shore, and Dragon and Toast, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. One Wild West, performed by I. Sazanoff of Shockwave Sound. Uncivil Outlaw theme, True Greatness, performed by Bjorn Lynn of Shockwave Sound. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Many soundscapes, including Weirder Things, Parts 1 and 2, by Tabletop Audio. If you love New Century, you absolutely need to be listening to the fancast Through the Wind Door, hosted by Greg Downing and Toby Jungius. 
It's independent and unaffiliated, and what they say is coming entirely from them. Each episode, they talk through various chapters of every story in turn, going season by season, with, I have to say, remarkable insight, like the most in-depth book club you ever heard. They also regularly interview the cast to get to know the people behind the voices and what drives them. Through the Wind Door has currently covered Let Them Go, they're nearing the end of Secret Rooms, and they're about to jump straight across to Tiger's Eye. Go subscribe now. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Alex Peregrine, Angus Lee, Benjamin, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Dan Hetner, Daniel Salguero, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Evan Jankowski, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Joe Gasiga, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joseph Gluck, Kat Esman, Kevin Veyi, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksch, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasko, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Trey Contreras, and Tom Painter.